This episode of 40 Under 40 is proudly sponsored by Konica Minolta, a global leader in innovative printing solutions. Just as our young leaders are shaping our industry, Konica Minolta aims to partner with clients to give shape to ideas by supporting their digital transformation through its expansive, intelligent, connected workplace portfolio. Let Konica Minolta transform your workplace experience and drive dynamic business change. Welcome to the NPSOA's 40 Under 40, the podcast where we spotlight the rising stars of the print and sign industry. I'm your host, Paul Strack, and together we'll dive into the inspiring stories of young entrepreneurs who are redefining our industry. I've always said we are so much more than a printer, and it's being part of their stories and hearing their successes that because you know, we were able to print this, they were able to distribute this, and now got the biggest lead or because we made the suggestion for their nonprofit appeal to try something a little bit different this year. They got an, an, a 20% increase in that um, in their donations. It, it's, it's those moments and seeing those smiles. Get ready for captivating conversations on innovation, technology, sustainability, and the ever-evolving landscape of printing. Welcome to 40 Under 40, where youth meets expertise and inspiration ignites transformation. Let's begin. Well, welcome to our inaugural episode of NPSOA's 40 Under 40, where we talk with and look into the highlights and the lives of some of our younger print owners. Um, I'm excited today for our first podcast. We have my good friend, some of you, many of you know her from Con House Print and Marketing, Sarah Barr. Welcome, Sarah. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I'm so excited to be your first one. I know. I'm excited about this, too. We're both a little bit nervous. This is a little bit different out of the box for us, but I think it's going to it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So in this podcast, we're, again, as it says in the intro, we're talking to the younger owners, uh, younger key members of what got you into this business, why you got into this business, what are you hoping to get from this business? Um, so... You know, the first question I have to ask for legal reasons, and you don't have to tell your exact age, but are you under 40 years old? I make the cut, yes. All right. Very good. Very good. So, but so quite we can a go few on. years. Quite a, okay. Well, good. Good. I that just so. makes me feel better. That's right. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm way beyond the cut, so we know that. Um, so just to kick things off, tell us a little bit about your background and when you started in, in this business. Okay, sure. So... I, um, when I got out of school, I started working for a mailing fulfillment company and, um, we, we did not do any printing. It was strictly printers would bring their stuff to us and then we handled the fulfillment side of it. Um, and then I wanted to get a job closer to home. So I took a job at a plumbing and HVAC company and I started as their dispatcher. And then I got in to, as I, you know, the longer I was there, I did more. And so I got into doing marketing and I loved it. And at the time we were using Conhaas as our printer and I loved working with the team. And so one day I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this marketing thing. I would love to be able to help tons of businesses. Um, so the one thing that most people don't know about me is I don't have a college degree. So I went to the previous owners of Conhaas. I knew them from working with them. And I said, I want a job. I know you guys aren't hiring. Um, but I'm passionate about marketing and I really feel like I could be a great fit for your company. And, um, they took a chance on me 
and here I am 13 years later and I'm still with the company. Oh, wow. And that, that's quite a testament to the company, to Conhas, to be a customer of theirs and then decide, hey, I want to go work for you guys. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's a great story. I never even thought about that I really did start with the company as the customer. Yeah. So, so yeah. fast forward just a little bit. You know, many of us in this industry are part of a family-owned business. Uh, I'm a second generation. A lot of us are second generation. So you're unique in this industry in that one, you're under 40, um, you're a female, and you're really a first generation owner. Yeah, you, you purchased a, a family business, but how did, how did that happen? I know you love marketing. I, I've known you for a while, and we, we'd love to talk marketing, but here you went from wanting to be marketing to being an owner of a printing company. I mean, where did, when did that transition or when did that realization come about? Well, I was actually from attending, and at the time, NPOA before we became NPSOA, um, I was at one of the yearly conferences and we were sitting out to dinner in New Orleans and some of the print owners kept sharing my story and everything I was doing with the company. And they said, why aren't you the owner? And I said, what? The owner? And at the time I was the operations director. So I was already doing everything anyways. And I had full permission to do and make um, owner decisions. So that's why I was at the conference in the first place. Um, but that was the first time that I was really like, oh, I never thought about being the owner. I don't know. I don't know. So that's that sparked the conversation. And then I came back and was talking to some of the employees and they had been here for years. And the previous owners, it was a husband and wife. The wife um, left the company a little bit early, had some health issues. So I was dealing with the husband and um, I've always respected them. I looked up to them and we um, just had a conversation one day and i said you know i don't know what your game plan is when you choose to leave this company but i know i didn't have a college degree i needed to make something work when you look at trying to apply for jobs they want you know a bachelor's degree or seven years experience and at the time i didn't have either of those so i knew i needed to make it work at conhaus and i loved the people that worked here so much that i was like we owe this to them to show them stability, let our customers, let our community know we are here, we're not going anywhere. And it just, it made sense that I, I should be the next owner. And he agreed. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So again, comparing and contrasting the younger breed with some of us older folks, while we're looking at hopefully soon exiting the business and retiring, you got in it. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, who was involved? Did you get, did you have um, some legal help, uh, financial assistance, how, what that process of buying a business. Um, again, I don't have that experience because it was a family-owned business. Yes, we worked out an arrangement, a transition, a purchase, but you went in completely blind on that uh, initially. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, once again, MPSOA from at the conference um, created a lot of relationships, got some new a lot of printers and a lot of the vendors. And I knew that the first step was getting evaluation. Um, our accountant was gonna do it, but for my own, I knew like I needed to get evaluation for myself. So I hired Mitch Evans and he worked with me. A lot of people in the industry know him. Um, he's, he's well known for doing that. So he did evaluation, that was the start of the process. And then obviously my lawyer, the bank, you know, everybody was, was all lined up um, to help and assist in that process. Okay. okay. When you started this process, or even maybe after you got into it, what what was your biggest fear? What frightened you most about purchasing this business and joining this industry? Um, 
I, I, I was already running the company. It felt like it was my company, but when I, it was different when I signed that piece of paper and it was official, all of a sudden I just got this huge wave of emotion that came over me. Like, wow, I, I am responsible to make sure that these people get checks and that they are able to keep a roof over their heads. Like I, I was already doing that and we never had any issues, but it like really hit me in that moment. I'm responsible to make sure that this, you know, ship sails smoothly and, and that we just are able to keep moving forward. And I, I knew I was the responsible one. So that was terrifying. Um, that I would say that's probably one of, one of my bigger things. It, it got very real very quick. <laughs> <laughs> but but since that time, I'm sure you've slept soundly every night, knowing that things are running smoothly and and this is, you know, this is a relatively easy industry, right? You know? Paul, that is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and could not be further from the truth. I don't even care what industry you're in. If you're a business owner, there's no way you are sleeping soundly at night every single night without having no. a million things running through your head. Yeah. I don't, I don't think people that are not in the ownership position, again, like you said, any industry, they don't realize uh, the, the things that always are weighing on your mind, no matter how successful the business can be. Like you said, it, it's making that payroll. It's taking care of employees. It's taking care of your customers. It's, it's, but that's what I, I will makes say, it fun. I will say, too, to add to, to what we were just talking about, because I was, the, I was an employee for so many years and I created the relationships with my staff, when when you're an employee, you sit around and you talk about things, you complain about things, the things that drive you nuts. And when I became owner, all of a sudden, I put this unnecessary pressure on myself that, okay, all those things that I complained about, and, and I know, I knew my employees and what they liked and what they didn't like, I felt this like ridiculous amount of responsibility that I needed to like, handle all of it and, and, and fix it as quickly as possible. And employees didn't put that on me. I, I put that on unnecessary stress on myself, but you know, as owners, we, we want to, well, maybe we want to know, um, I want to know when things are driving, um, employees crazy and, and what they want fixed and how we can better do things to improve it. And I already knew all of those issues and concerns going into the ownership role. Sometimes I think that that may take owners years to even get some of those answers yeah. out of people. Oh, you're so, right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, not only being a younger owner, and we've talked about the challenges of business ownership, and, and, and again, the challenges of being part of a mature industry. Um, but add to that that you're a woman-owned business. Has that created more challenges or any of those that you would like to share with us from your standpoint? Um, so I will say again, NPSOA was a, a, a big help because I had established a lot of relationships with people. Um, I earned, I was terrified when I first got into the industry knowing that I mean, let's face it, I'm a younger female and that is not the demographics for our industry. So I was really scared, like I wouldn't be accepted. Um, and they very quickly learned, I think a lot of them, like I knew marketing and that was something that there were a lot of printers are good with like understanding equipment and negotiating sales and maybe HR related issues. But 
believe it or not, we struggle in marketing. And that was something I was good at. So I felt like that was something I was able to bring to the table. And I earned respect from a lot of people for that. Um, I will say I still struggle to this day um, with like when I go to big expos, like I'm going to go to Printing United, I guarantee you it's it's going to happen there. Uh, when I walk up to booths, I, I'm an interested buyer and people won't talk to me. I, I don't know if they think I'm I'm not serious. I'm not an owner. I don't know if it's because I look young, if it's because I'm a female. I don't know what it is, but um, that that has happened a few times. I went to buy a vehicle for the company and just stopped by one day, was looking, and the salesman said, well, why don't you go home and get your husband first and then come back and, and we can talk about it. And I was like, what? Is that is this seriously happening? And it, it was last year, so it was 2022. I'm like, I, I'm fortunate that I've never truly like fully experienced a whole lot of that, but that was a little disappointing <laughs> that it, it, say, it yeah, still happens. Frustrating, disappointing. Yeah. 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 But all in all, I'm okay with it. I'm. Do, on the other hand, do you see advantages of being a woman in this business? I think women think differently and I, I think sometimes that that can work to our advantage. And I think being younger, I'm a lot more motivated a lot of times because I'm not, I'm, I'm not retiring. I'm not planning on retiring in the next couple of years. So I have more drive and energy to come up with things and try new things and um, try to see how we can do things better, quicker, um, and then just new services and products that we can hopefully offer to our customers. I'm glad to hear you're not planning on retiring in the next couple of years anyway, because I, know, I enjoy I don't, our conversation. <laughs> I, I don't want you to retire in the next couple of years either. So you and I met at a marketing conference. I mean, we, we spoke several years, a couple of years before that, but we actually engaged on a um, pirate ship at a marketing conference in Clearwater, Florida. And, and I think that's where you and I have connected. You love marketing. Uh, we, we like marketing. You've mentioned that's your strongest point. Um, what has been your most successful marketing campaign or initiative at Conhaas? For a customer or for us? Uh, let's go with Conhaas first. Oh, man. Or the most fun. How about the most fun? Um, man, I don't know. We have done so much stuff. You have. You have. Um, you have whole presentations on your marketing. They're great and well-received. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can if I can pinpoint one in particular because I love everything we do. Um, well, let me. How about one that I'm familiar with? The, the it was shortly during or after the pandemic. The shop local. I mean, that had to yield great rewards not only for you but for your community. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. So when the pandemic started, everybody was freaking out, and I knew like I could only control what I can control. So I thought really hard about what can I do. And I knew that it was going to be important to keep it local as much as possible. I need to be shopping local. I need to encourage my customers and I'm a huge advocate for my community. I need to encourage the community to keep it local. So we started the initiative, keep it local. And we used our resources of the things that we can print so we made yard signs, we made posters for windows, we made stickers for people to put on envelopes and shipping boxes, foam core signs to put on counters. 
Um, there was billboards in the area and, and it said it was a very simple message, keep it local. And there was over 500 small businesses. And actually there was a few larger businesses because they just were supporting the initiative as well. But there was over 500 signs that we distributed throughout the community. And it was just so cool to go up and down the streets and see all these just keep it local signs at all these businesses. And then people were sharing it online. Um, we took it a step further. We were buying gift certificates from local small businesses and then going out and hiding them on the back of the signs at those businesses. And then we would put like a little teaser on social media and it was like an I spy. And so people had to like read the notes and try to figure out which business it was. And if they were the first one to get there, they got to take the gift card that was taped to the back of the sign. So that was really cool. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just kept it growing. It got national attention. There were some magazines that picked up some articles on it. That was really cool because here I thought I was just doing something for my community and I didn't realize that it was really, it had such a bigger impact and it, it spread everywhere. So that was cool. Yeah. That was I, probably I think, one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I agree because I think several of us had similar experiences. We we provided, you no know, several people provided banners to restaurants saying curbside pickup and all that. Again, it it you did it because at the time it was the right thing to do and the attention the 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 social media uh, recognition uh, that was a bonus and, and the fact that i'm sure with you i know with us some of these restaurants continue to come back and continue to use to say hey yeah. it what you did was a good thing and i think for me that's one of the best experiences of owning a small business is having an impact on a local community i know your program has done that many times over yeah, I, I've heard from many people that they definitely are thinking twice before they go online and order something or use an online service. Um, for our industry, you know, everybody gets catalogs sent to them that have a ton of promo products in it. I just encourage people before you even get that to, before you go online and order from that catalog, you know, think about your local printer and what, what could you, could you get it from them? So we all love the success stories. We all love the feel-good stories. But we all have had that story of a botched job or a client we made mad or something that we just wish we would never have to relive again. Um, tell us about a failure or <laughs> something that just didn't work right. You know, it just didn't turn out. That's Dang, what, what am I doing? Why am I in this business? We've all had that. Do you have any one that stands out? Um. We, that's tough. I don't believe in doing things twice. That's our, that's my motto here. Um, but of course, yeah, there's, there's things that happen that come up. So I would say we had one, one situation where it was a customer doing a redesign on everything. So business cards, letterhead envelopes, rack cards, flyers, um, and everything was going to be printed on uncoated paper. And um, they sent us print ready files because we did not design it and um, we printed it using their print ready files, but they used PMS coded colors. We didn't think twice. They were print ready files. We assumed that they did their due diligence. And when we printed it and it was a huge order, thousands of dollars, they got it and were unhappy with the color on all of it. And so I went back and pulled our PMS swatch books and I started looking and man, if there was ever a time where like, I was so happy we were dead on with our coloring, 
that was that, that was, was just, <laughs> that was it. That was the situation. But it turned into this entire conversation about using a designer that understands our industry and knows that if you're going to be printing on uncoated papers to make sure that you're choosing an uncoated PMS color. Um, because as you know, uh, the same number in a coded and uncoated could look two completely different ways. So um, that was a nightmare and sitting in front of the customer and trying not to insult whoever did their stuff, um, designed it because we had a relationship with that person as well. Um, but then trying to make it right because it, it wasn't what they had envisioned and it required a reprint and um, we just had to really try to handle that one with care and they're still a customer to this day. So we must've handled it. So you, well, good, good. I know we, we spoke about that. So that's good. To hear. <sighs> yeah, that was, that was a nightmare. In your business, is the customer always right? Ninety ninety percent <laughs> of the time. <laughs> that, that question wasn't on the prep sheet. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I, I remember years ago, and I can't remember the, his name other than I know it was Ryan, but he has a book, and I think it's called Would You Buy From You? And ever since I heard his presentation, he was at Graphics of the Americas, which I don't even think they do that show anymore. But I've always put myself in the customer's shoe and asked myself, like, would I buy from me if I was the customer? And every time there's situations like that that come up where there's an issue or whatever, I always put myself back in the customer seat and, okay, how how would I expect a, a business to handle this? And that's how we handle a lot of of our relationships with people. Yeah. Have you ever had to fire a customer? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. But, but um, I, I will not tolerate anyone that speaks badly, will show up here and yell at people. Um, just think, you know, be incredibly demanding that that's just not how I expect to be treated. And I'm not going to let somebody treat that to our, our customers. And it's funny when I first got into the industry, I always thought like any, any job that like approached you, that phone call, somebody walked in the door with it, they emailed you about it. Like you were supposed to figure it out and just do it. And the longer that I'm in this business, I'm realizing not every customer is your customer and that is okay. I'm learning yeah. that. That's... No, it's it's tough, and not all money is good money. You know, there's something to be said for that. I think it's like, you know, when we have to terminate an employee, um, we don't like doing it. It's not a pleasant experience, but you know, a day or two after it's been done, you usually think, "Man, why didn't I do that sooner?" Same with yeah. same with clients. It's it's tough, but it's it's part of business ownership. Yeah, uncomfortable conversations. That's what I always say. Life, you have to embrace the uncomfortable conversations. One more question on the topic of this negative feelings of business ownership. <laughs> what what do you really, what do you dislike most about this business and how do you overcome that? I, what I don't like is it seems, and it seems like it's getting worse, is the rushing part of we are always working in fire mode and rush, rush, rush. And it seems like deadlines are getting shorter and shorter. And what people don't realize is like us as the printers, like if there is an event coming up and it's three weeks from now, that event date isn't changing. So 
whether it takes the company, the organization, a week to get their stuff together, designing, proofing, you know, oh, a last minute ad or whatever. When it comes down to it, if it's three days before the event and we really need like 10 days or seven days, whatever, to do the job, we have to figure out a way to make it happen. And because the event date is just not changing. So, and it doesn't matter. You, you know, you can make notes and try to reach out to people the following year, you know, two months in advance, one month in advance. And it's still, it, it just, you're down to that rush time. So that's, that's tough. Cause I feel like every job is like that. anymore. <laughs> I, uh, no, it is. And, and I think you're right. We've noticed the same thing. Uh, events have been on the calendar for months and yet these people wait till the last week to get it done. And, and I told people there was, maybe you experienced it too, there was shortly during and after COVID a honeymoon phase. Everybody was uh, more patient. Everybody was more prepared. Everybody was more relaxed. But I, I think the honeymoon is over, the COVID honeymoon phase. If there is a honeymoon phase with COVID, it's now past. I I agree. I was really enjoying that that phase. And yeah, I, I think it's gone. It's out the window. So let's turn it back to positive. On a day-to-day basis, what what inspires you? What keeps you coming back to want to do this day in, day out? The people that I work with, it's people. The people I work with, my customers, and my community. Um, I, the people that I work with are so positive and they truly love what they do. And so that helps keep my flame going. Um, the customers, there is no greater. I've always said we are so much more than a printer and it's being part of their stories and hearing their successes that because, you know, we were able to print this, they were able to distribute this and now got the biggest lead or because we made the suggestion for their nonprofit appeal to try something a little bit different this year, they got an, an, a 20% increase in that, um, in their donations it, it's it's those moments and seeing those smiles and then watching people progress in their companies that were once an assistant and now they're the vp of communications and and just watching their growth and knowing that you had a, a small part in in that is is amazing and then just your the community they drive me um I don't know. I just love it. And I, my husband, my nieces, my nephews, my cousin, everybody, my family, my friends, um, they all believe in me and they stand behind me. And so that, that also helps continue to push me. Yeah, that's great. to have. I mean, yeah, as an owner, you're responsible for the lives of those who work for you, but it's great to have that support network behind you because sometimes it can be lonely as an owner, you know that. I know, and I'm so thankful that I have your phone number, and I do take advantage of that and text you and call you all the time. I haven't, I haven't blocked you yet. I know, I appreciate that. <laughs> Are you? Well, you think you're seen as Conhouse now seen as a marketing company that does print, or you still think you're a printing company or seen as a printing company that does marketing? You know, that would be a really good survey question to put on our social media or send out in an email blast. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think we are definitely known. People may come in here with like, I'm going to need a project printed, but they don't always know what that project is. And that's where the marketing side comes out. Or it, our customers are not surprised at all if I'm messaging them saying, hey, I was searching for another customer, but I came across these 
three cool promo ideas or I, I just got this idea last night when I was getting a shower before bed and I had to, to reach out and tell you that I think your business needs to be doing this. This is really different. It can, it can make you stand out. That is what, what we have grown to become and our customers are used to. And um, we try to be a one-stop shop as much as possible. So I always just tell people, ask us, I'll tell you if we can do it. If we can't do it, I'll try to refer you to somebody that can. And I'd rather them do that and find out that it's something we can do than the opposite and go do it somewhere else and then be like, you know, I could have done that for you. Right. And, and I think, too, you touched on it, too. You don't want to commit to something that's not really in your wheelhouse and not do it well and not deliver. And then they have that bad taste in their mouths of their experience with, with you. Yeah. I know, uh, again, being surrounded by some younger folks in our business, mainly my kids, um, they brought ideas, suggestions to the table that have, have made a great improvement because sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Even before you bought the business dealing with Paul Conhouse House and that, or even subsequent to that, what is one or two significant new changes you made that have really impacted your operations? And probably I would, I would rephrase that one of the new tricks, one of the what the cool kids were doing or the younger kids were doing that us older folks may not have had the foresight to delve into. Trying to think. I don't know. I spent so many years I've been doing stuff for the company. Um, I, I, I know one from your standpoint would be social media probably. Oh, that was yeah, probably the yeah. biggest change. Yeah, definitely. We're We're really good on our social and – I think it's funny in our industry, I don't know what it is about like keeping your projects and your customers like secret and not sharing stuff and ideas because you're scared somebody is going to, you know, go down the street and take take your business from you. But I, I've never had that outlook. If you take care of your customers. I'm not scared to put a job out on social media um, because I, I took care of them. And the reason why I'm sharing it is because it was a successful idea. And I know that my customers are, are grateful for that. So I... Yeah, that's probably a good one. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for showing up today to <laughs> give me that. Um, I, I yeah, got stuff. De- definitely social media though, and events. I we I do a I I do a lot of events. We've done marketing events, different um, mixers, but unique mixers. The past two years, I've done uh, so more social. We have over a hundred some people come out for it. It's a very casual evening. Um, and we get a great response. And I was just at a client meeting yesterday with one of the vendors that um, I get to sponsor the event. And they told me that they ended up, they just did a big deal with somebody that attended the event last year. So that was kind of cool um, to see, but we didn't really do a ton with events. And um, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that's something that I've, I've brought to the table and that has helped educational seminars, lunch and learns, you name it, uh, we've done it. I'm getting ready to do something for women in business. Um, so, yeah. Is there a printing term, a tradition, some custom we have old school in this business that to you being a part of the younger generation makes no sense at all? <laughs> Why do we do that? What is, is there even a term or word, anything? know if it's a word but people don't care what kind of presses we have and i've never understood why we put all of that on our websites and show pictures of them and describe offset and digital most of your customers don't even care 
what that is. They just care what the finished product is going to look like and that you're going to meet their deadline. Um, so I've always laughed at that. It's always... It's, <laughs> I, I we never we love to talk about it, but the general public, not right? So they don't they don't care. They don't get excited to see that you have yeah some big offset press or your newest folder. I I do think it's nice to be able to share with customers so they understand your capabilities. But I think sometimes we get to, in printer terms, that the average person and customer they don't they can't relate. So a couple more questions here, wrapping up. What inspiration, words of wisdom do you have for your peers, the younger folks in this industry, those who may be in the ownership, maybe uh, in key employees, or maybe just part of this industry? And it, it, like I said, it's a mature industry, but you found ways to bring new life to it. What words of wisdom do you have for that audience? I would definitely say don't be scared ask questions, get to know people. Um, I know I keep going back to it, but I'm, I'm just grateful for MPSOA because it's connected me to so many people around this country um, that have allowed me, just like you, like I'm able to text you, I'm able to call you, I'm able to email you when I have a question or I'm frustrated or how would you handle this situation? And it's just nice to know that there are people out there that genuinely care about your success as much as um, you do. It talk to the people in your life. I mean, it's a it was a major change. So having my husband on board and understanding like it may require some long nights. It may require working weekends. Um, I may be stressed. My mind may be in another. I may be physically home, but my mind may not be in the same room. Um, understanding that and and understanding conversations with and having them with your friends and your family because. It is different when you're a small business owner and um, there's just a lot of headaches and stresses that come with it. And you want to make sure you have a good core group of people around you that are, are they're going to surround you and they're going to support you. And then um, the other piece of advice I would say is you can't do it all. I am learning that. And um, and what I mean by that is I do not do my payroll in house. My bookkeeping is not done in house. I have my lawyer, I have my insurance, like I have a team of people beyond Conhaus that are Conhaus people that support me in those capacities so that I can focus my attention on other things that are most important. And if you are at a company and you're looking to buy into it, I encourage you to have those conversations with the employees. Do they like you? Do they respect you? Are they going to respect you if you get in the driver's seat? Because you, the last thing you want to do is buy into it, have people that don't respect you, and now all of a sudden they leave, and here you are, and you're losing employees, and you know that's the last thing you want to do. And most importantly, I am a huge encourager to anybody who is looking at getting into it, so don't hesitate to reach out to me. Yes, yes. Sarah is a viable uh Valuable insight, a great friend, even a mentor to even folks in their 60s, not only those in their 30s, but I've learned a lot from her and I appreciate our friendship and, and, and the camaraderie we have. I love All that. All right. This was not on the list of preparation notes. We have a test. I'm going to ask you five to 10 questions. No. 
No, they're just yeah. It's called you're you're in the hot seat. You're an owner. You got to make rapid fire decisions. So it's I give you two. I give you two choices. You pick one. You ready? Plain or peanut M and M's? Peanut. Half tone or duotone? Half. Outlook or Gmail? Outlook. Pikas or inches? Inches. Birdie or eagle? Eagle. Latitude or longitude? Latitude. Jimmy Buffett or Warren Buffett? Who are they? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> pass. Prince or King Charles? Um, <laughs> pass. Pass. Ink, or, ink or toner? Uh, toner. Ted Lasso or The Office? The Office. Marvel or DC? Mm, Marvel. Adele or Taylor Swift? That's a tie. <laughs> That's a tie for me. UPS or FedEx? UPS. <laughs> Sales or marketing? Marketing. Marketing. All right, good. I think you scored six out of ten. So that's not bad <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. This has been a blast. I appreciate your insight, I appreciate what you bring to the table. And, and most of all, I do appreciate your friendship. So oh, thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you. And, and thank this you for will, doing this podcast. Yes. Well, we're looking to have many more. So I think this first one's a great one to kick it off. Yeah. So thank you again. This will wrap up our first episode of 40 Under 40, highlighting the young stars of the printing industry. And to our audience out there, we encourage you to get out there and make a good impression. Thank you. Thank you again to our sponsor, Konica Minolta, for their support of our 40 Under 40 podcast. With their cutting-edge printing technologies and commitment to excellence, Konica Minolta continues to empower the next generation of industry leaders. Stay tuned for more inspiring episodes, and remember to visit konicaminolta.us for the latest advancements in print technology. Thank you for listening.